When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to episode 29 of It's Black and White, the Derby Telegraph's Derby County podcast. I'm Johnny Bunnell and as ever I'm joined by Steve Nicholson and Chris Watson. Chaps, how are we doing? Hello, good, thank you. Yeah, yeah, very Steve. well, thank you. Yeah, just sorting your notes out over there. sunshine, yeah, looking out the window at the delights of uh, a traffic jam outside. Lovely. <laughs> Excellent, that, right, yeah. yeah. And uh, we're nearly at that, that stage of the season then. One, one game to go. Those 45 have flown by, haven't they? Have they? <laughs> <laughs> it's been a... It, it, in many ways, it's been a strange season. Mm-hmm. Uh, different phases of, of, of the campaign. Sluggish start. Uh, roared through October when everyone felt it would be a, a very difficult month. They got four wins on the spin. That sparked a surge up the table. Second at uh, at the end of 2017, uh, little signs in the January that things weren't quite right. Too many draws, and then of course we had the. Uh, I'm not going to mention the February wobble because there's no such thing as a February wobble. Uh, but they they they, they uh, uh, the results dwindled in February, uh, got worse in March, and uh, but fair play to them, you know, just when things were looking. Uh, not great. Uh, they've responded in the last two games against uh, Cardiff and Villa, and four mm-hmm. points. So all credit to the manager, all credit to the players. You know it's real fighting spirit that, and now they put themselves in, uh, in with a great chance. Mm-hmm. And, and on that Villa game, um, you know on the face of it, going to Villa Park and, and getting a point by anyone's uh, standard is is a good point. It, it is a good point because it's it's a tough place to go. They're a good side. They've got good players. Uh, Grealish particularly, I thought I really enjoyed his performance. He's a very, very influential player. Uh, a fan contacted me uh, only this morning and said, uh, mentioned that Gary Rower had talked recently about Mate Vidra and how uh, teams had kind of targeted Mate Vidra and, and knew he was a key player and, and gave him a tough time and it and affected his performances. So why didn't Derby try something similar with Grealish or Neves when they played Wolves or Madison mm. when they played Norwich? Uh, it's a good question, uh, and Gary Rowe earmarked Grealish uh, in the pre-match press conference as a danger man. I think the difference between those players, particularly Grealish uh, and Nevers particularly, uh, they, they are top quality players, and they take up very cute positions on the pitch, which would make it very difficult for you to nullify the threat. Uh, although, I must admit, I, f- I felt Derby may have done something a bit more to put... Uh, Grealish off his stride but uh, he's a good player mm. What did you make of it Chris? I thought Derby started really well actually they were obviously getting men behind the ball um, and trying to hit Villa on the break and they did that pretty effectively at the start they they got the goal which you know admittedly was avoidable from Villa's point of view but but well done to Derby for, for kind of making that happen and forcing, forcing a mistake um, and after that we we were commenting on how easily 
Derby were were hitting Villa on the break and really getting men f- getting numbers forward when they got the opportunity and and you wondered whether they might get a second or a third goal. Um, Cameron Drone had a he had a header, uh, free header which which uh, was straight at the keeper. I just wondered if he was able to maybe head it down. Um, it might have been able, might have caused a few more problems. Um, but you know that's that's ifs and buts and the, the fact is that Villa kind of got got back into the game and and were really sort of piling on the pressure certainly towards the end of the first half and that carried on in, in, into the second half and um, I thought Derby Derby defended resolutely um, you know they did get pushed a bit deep but you know that that's credit to Villa as well for their persistence and the quality they've got on the ball. Um, and I think I mean speaking to Cameron Drome afterwards, he said um, I think Guy Rout made the same point. I think the, they were saying the win against Cardiff in midweek had taken a lot out of the players, um, and maybe that maybe that just kind of showed a little bit towards the end. Derby couldn't really couldn't really get out towards the end, could they? And no, they couldn't. It's, it, uh, I thought the tactics were quite good, and it, first half particularly it was noticeable how easy Derby were able to counter on Villa, and uh, I think that gives Derby hope. If they do make the playoffs against teams like Villa and Fulham, because I think you can counter-attack them, they enjoy a lot of the ball, they move it around, but you can, as I say, you can catch them. And I thought with a, a, a bit more, if a bit more care had been taken with the final pass or or, or a better decision made, uh, Derby could well have scored another mm-hmm. one or two goals. Mm-hmm. And Vyman uh, had a. a, a he broke clear in his second half and that was a good chance and he seemed to hesitate at the wrong moment and got crowded out a bit and so there, there were there were opportunities for Derby and say I thought I thought they, they did well they, they allowed Villa to come at them especially first half they kept it tight in the middle of the pitch where Grealish likes to kind of pick or thread little balls passes little passes through and be clever so they kind of tightened up there and when play broke down as it often does when you're trying to force those little uh, cute passes they broke with uh, with Vyman and Lawrence and Cameron Jerome and then Wisdom and, and Forsyth tried to join in as the wing back so I thought the, t- I thought the tactics were good it's mm. just that Villa were, were particularly good second half and forced Derby back and once that happens your back three becomes a back five very quickly and it makes it more difficult to get out and I think that's what happened in the end with Derby they found it more and more difficult to get out and the equaliser really wasn't a surprise mm. but you know, as I say, it could be an important point, and it really gives Derby the edge in terms of finishing in the playoffs now, doesn't it? Because they're they're two points ahead of uh, of Preston in seventh, and with a substantially better goal difference. So, you know, it's, it's theirs to lose. Yeah, it is, and and it's it's exactly where you want it to be in, in your hands. And all right, it could have been a bit more comfortable if we you know if we look back to mid February when they were second in the table. I think at that stage, uh, sixth place would have been a bit disappointing. Uh, but the aim at the start of the season was to finish in the top six. So the chance to finish in the top six is in Derby's hands, and I say that's that's exactly where you'd want it to be. And now they just got to uh, do the right things on Sunday, uh, keep the nerve, uh, and uh, I'm expecting them to get the necessary amount of points. Mm. Uh, to finish in the top six, you touched on the, uh, sort of the, the formation, if you like, uh, just on your previous point. Derby have recently switched to a, a three-five-two or some sort of version <laughs> of, of that formation. Yeah. 
What do you make of it? Do you like it? Are you a fan or? Uh, I think it's always list four, four, well. Two. No, I, I think what it is, I'm, I'm not too fussed on what systems teams play. Uh, I think you need time to make a system work. So to suddenly change the back three, and we discussed this before the uh, which game did they go back? Was it Middlesbrough? Middlesbrough was when they changed. Uh, yeah, it's not easy to suddenly switch, and mm. if you've only got a couple of training sessions beforehand, which they did have. Mm. Yeah, before that game it, that's very difficult I think what we've seen since we saw bits of it against Middlesbrough we saw better bits against Cardiff and we saw even better bits against Villa so you can see the more you work on it the better you should become uh, it, it is a the wing back positions are very important in, in that kind of system I don't think I don't think Andre Wisdom's a natural wing back I think he admits that himself yeah. Uh, I don't think Craig Forsyth is a natural wing back. He'd probably admit that himself. At the moment, though, the, the two arms do it. Marcus Olsen was tried in there. He didn't. He, he, he didn't offer enough in that position at all. And he's, and he's not had a good season. You know whether it's at left back or left wing back. Uh, so I thought I thought Craig Forsyth was better at it mm-hmm. against Villa, but then he got pushed further and further back. So I say it becomes a back five rather than back three. Mm-hmm. So there are lots of areas, you know. I think with all systems, there are, there are there are pluses and there are also weaknesses to it, and it, it's down to the opposition to to kind of uh, pinpoint those weaknesses. And I think there are weaknesses in the system. I say the wing back positions are crucial because mm-hmm. you've got to get that balance perfect, and it's not an easy. I would imagine it's not an easy role to play. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's kind of helped one or two other players. I think it's helped Andy Andy Vyman, uh play more. In a, in a more not central position, but further in pit, in field, because when he's out on the left or right, he can be hemmed in, and it's and if you haven't got a trick out there, that can make it very very mm-hmm. difficult. I felt the same with Tom Lawrence when he's out there. You know, you can read you can read him better out wide than you can when he's further in, in field. So I think it's suited those two better, and what it's done is because it's suited those two better, Derby have got more bodies around the striker. So rather than Cameron Jerome being isolated as he has been in the past, or David Nugent, and that highlights their weaknesses then when they're isolated. Suddenly they've got bodies around them, and of course that helps them show what they can do. And I think we've seen that with Cameron Jerome, haven't we? Yeah, I mean, I think just regards to the, the decision to change the formation, I think you know after the Burton defeat, I think the manager just felt he had to mm. do something, and rather than just change personnel again. Um, and so I think you know, fair play for for going for that at such a crucial time of the season, and also sticking with it after they had, after they'd lost uh, to Middlesbrough, which you know was was a, was a tight game, could have could have gone either way, I guess. Um, kept with it, and we saw the result. We've seen the results in the in the last couple of games, and I think it, as Steve said, it just sort of it gives them something a little bit different. And just gives the opposition something something different to think about as well. Yeah, and now Derby have a, a striker scoring goals in, in Cameron Jerome. It's fair to say, obviously, since he arrived in January, he's had sort of a mixed time uh, at Derby. But three goals in his, his last two games—that's uh, that's what you want. Yeah, I think again, it's it's about playing to strikers' strengths, isn't it? And I think if you isolate Cameron Jerome, and that's what was happening to him in, in his earlier appearances, uh, just. On his stats, by the way, it's four goals in seven starts. Actually, mm-hmm. so it looks a lot better than if you look at his his, his stats in full. Sure. Uh, 
but yeah, if, if he gets isolated, I think he's got a problem. And and but it's but because as he gets strikers work, as most strikers work, it's very difficult. Mm. Imagine standing up against two centre backs. You know, you've got to hold the ball. It's when it comes into you, you've got to keep hold of it because you need that extra second for for, for teammates to join in. But now because we get because players are getting close to him, he doesn't need two seconds. He probably needs only a second, and it, and, it, and it makes a big difference. And I think he's looking. He's looking much better. Obviously, confidence as well. I mean, he he will have been feeling it having arrived from Norwich, and it's not really happened for him. So he'll be feeling a bit down. So suddenly he's got a few goals. He'll be feeling better about himself. And when that happens, it's all about confidence. You know, someone again asked me this morning about where's this team been hiding? It hasn't been hiding. What happens was he's had he had some bad results, and that knocks anybody's confidence. You know, you go into work and have a bad day as we do every day. <laughs> It really, knocks, yeah, it really knocks your comfort, doesn't it? Yeah, it really knocks your comfort. I've, I've, I've seen the, the look in your eyes sometimes, <laughs> days, <laughs> Johnny, when you're having a Yeah, when, when you're having a shocker, you know. But uh, it is all about confidence, and uh, never heard of that word. And, and you can, uh, you can, you can see it in players. And suddenly, the win against Cardiff, the points, and they they look different players. We say the the win. I think specifically the equaliser against Cardiff yeah, changed, changed everything. Yeah. Yeah. because yeah. because actually, obviously, we we can now sit and talk about a great result against Cardiff. But mm. of course, remember they were losing, and they were losing until sixty ninth minute, I think. And at that point, I think a lot of people around the ground were thinking, "Oh dear, here we here go, we go again." Um, and that that bit of play from Jerome, the bit of strength mm. to hold off the defenders and, and get the ball past the goalkeeper into the corner that just lifted everyone around the place including the players and, and instantly they looked that, that bit of confidence was back and then of course the second goal comes and then they get the third, they get the win and then take that into the Villa game and, and actually Jerome's goal at Villa he sort of played it down very, sort of saying oh I just, you know, I just had to finish it into the corner, but actually looking at it again, it was a very good finish. Mm. And you'd you'd argue, would he have finished that had he not scored two goals in the previous game? He might not have done. But as it was, it's just a very calm first time. F- sweep the ball into into the far corner. Keeper's got no chance. Um, so I mean, we spoke to him after the Cardiff game, actually, and he was saying how he felt. And um, Derby fans would probably agree that his, his his Derby career hadn't really got going yet, uh, for one reason or another. He mentioned playing to his strengths, and obviously his teammates have got to adapt to that. You know, it's different to if David Nugent's sure, up front yeah. or whatever, and um, and perhaps they're getting to grips with that a bit now, and 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 maybe just at the right time. Well, I was just going to say, I mean, if if you ever want a striker to hit form when you're on the verge of securing a playoff place, it's it's this time of the season, mm-hmm. isn't it? So yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Lovely stuff and uh, Steve obviously that, that Villa game that they just had at the weekend could potentially be a, a playoff semi-final if results go the way on uh, Sunday would you fancy Derby? Well I think Derby can if, if they get in the playoffs it's going to be Villa Fulham or Cardiff It's more likely, more likely to be Fulham or Cardiff Fulham or but Cardiff. there is a chance to yeah, play but, Villa but, uh, isn't it? It's an interesting one because there's lots of fans saying who they would like to play, who they wouldn't like to play. Uh, I've always had this feeling all along this season that I would prefer to play some, but a, a team that actually suits Derby. And even though Derby beat Cardiff, I don't think Cardiff's style suits Derby. I think Cardiff can make it really tough mm-hmm. for Derby. And as Chris said, you know, 70 minutes virtually on the clock uh, the other night at Pride Park. 
it wasn't looking good the derby and suddenly Cardiff made three errors which were so unlike them this season the keepers dropped a clanger when he should mm. just let the ball go out of play well so, Gunnarsson didn't, didn't have him much after no, this, did no. he tried to clear exactly. it and, and, then, and suddenly the, the striker who comes on as a sub you know, tries to do something ridiculous by controlling the ball in his own box know, and trying yeah. to play out I'm not sure what that went through his mind then and then Morrison who, who has been good this mm. season to, to, to be fair to him uh, slipped over so, you know, it's not those type, and, and suddenly we saw the uh, Cardiff at the weekend didn't make those mistakes and got a two 0 mm-hmm. win, and that's what worries me about Cardiff. I think they can make it very, very tough, and that's why I think Fulham or Villa, as well as they play with the ball, I feel they give you opportunities, and so we've seen that against Fulham this season. Derby drew down there; they lost here, but that could easily have been a draw, and they gave Derby opportunities. I've seen them since on the TV. And they do give the opposition chances because of the way they play. But you know they, they play beautifully with the ball, but they do give you chances. And I think Villa are, are quite similar, not quite as fluent, but they do give you opportunities. And we saw at Villa Park on Saturday that, as I said earlier, with a bit more thought and a bit more care, the, the, the derby maybe could have scored another one or two goals. Mm-hmm. And I think while that's the opportunity you get in games, I think that's... The type of game I would prefer. You know, it's the same. With, you know, if someone said, "Oh, you know, they, they obviously can't play middles," but if they could, you'd think, "Yeah, mm. not sure that's going to be tough." You know, and yeah. it's tough for a different reason. You could play them in the final. Could play them in the final. That's but that's why semi-final. You know, I wouldn't. To be honest, I wouldn't be too fussed who, who they played. But I, you know, a lot of fans are saying, "Oh, we don't want Fulham. We don't." I, I'm not sure about that. I, I, I think. I wouldn't be too bothered about that. I think whoever you get, let's be honest. I've seen all. Okay. Well, I was going to say at this stage of the season. At this stage of the season, it doesn't. It doesn't you're going to get. You're going to get a decent get a side decent after 46 yeah. games yeah. if you're in the if you're yeah. in the top. I just think I'll say. I think the way Derby play, I think playing Fulham or Villa might actually suit them better. But you did and have continuously backed them for a top six finish, despite. A number of people saying that it was. Uh, I was over. called deluded, wasn't I? I'm yeah, not, sorry I, about that. Yeah, no, yeah. If you'd called me old and deluded, uh, I so would accept it. Oh, lots of people call me old. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, and, and I can't really argue with that. Uh, <laughs> Age no, is a fact. Yeah, it was. Uh, see, I think with Derby County in the Championship, they should be challenging for the top six every season. It goes without saying. That's expectation. Uh, I did tip them before the ball was kicked to finish in the top six. I didn't think they finished in the top two. I said that at the time. Uh, all I was saying the other week when fa- some fans were saying the season's over, where they dropped to seventh, that's it. We'll, we can't. We, there's no chance for us finishing the playoffs. I didn't. I didn't accept that because we were one point outside the playoffs. How with could, a game in hand. With a game in hand. So you know, all I was saying was, you know, it's not over. Far from over. Mm. The season was nowhere near over. And, uh, and and since then, of course, I've picked up four very, very good points. And again, we go back to this thing. We say it every year. The average to finish in the top six in the last 10 seasons is 73 points. And we'll find that that won't be far off again. Mm. Well, know? they've got 72. They've got 72 at the moment. So one, so point, one point could be, a, be yeah, enough. If, 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 if Creston were to pit them, I think they would probably finish on 73. Yes. So is. it's it's yeah. never far off that mark. Whatever people mm. say, it's always around that mark. Mm. And and I say I've always felt that that, that Derby would be in the playoffs. Listen, they haven't done it yet, and, no, I, and no, I don't no. I don't want to remind people about that game that you're going to remind people about. 
in one of your next questions. But we've just a bit further down. Yeah, but we've seen. Carry on. <laughs> we we have seen in 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 seasons gone yeah. by that things can happen on the final day. But as we said earlier, it's in their hands. Mm. Just uh, a touch. I know we've sort of spoken about it a little bit already, but on the the Cardiff game, um, and it, it could turn out to be a key three points sort of in in the race for the playoffs, but. It almost had a, a feeling of inevitability about it with all the controversy that had gone before. Cardiff arriving in, well, would have been arriving in, in ridiculously good form, games called off, everything in the aftermath afterwards. You just sort of thought, Derby are going to win this. Well, and I, I did. I, again, I, there's one or two people in the office think I'm mad, or maybe one more than one or two, yeah. Uh, but I always have this feeling, you know, about that there's always a story waiting to be written about a game. And once that game was called off and we had all the nonsense that followed, all the silliness, all the pantomime that followed, uh, I just felt it was set up. I just felt it was set up for Derby to win. And even, you know, I say there was a spell second half where Gary Medine missed, it, missed a really good chance to make it 2-0, of course. That goes in. If the keeper doesn't drop it, it changes. I know all that. Mm. But, but there was always that feeling, wasn't there, about that game that... that that could yeah, be the yeah, game that, that yeah. turned things back round for Derby. And and in fairness, Derby played really well. I thought I thought that they were unlucky to be behind at half time. I think I think the thing yeah I, I think the final half hour was better than the first hour. I think the fir- I think the first half and the first hour followed a similar pattern to the Middlesbrough game boring. actually, where Derby started all right mm. and then just lapse of concentration concede a goal and then they're chasing the game. But I say that. that the equaliser was was what changed everything really, yeah. and it got the crowd it got the crowd going. And the crowd were were really up for it. Then, it was a bizarre it? goal, wasn't it? The whole thing was well. I mean, it was. You don't sort of expect no. the amount of errors in there to no. happen at the top end of the championship. No, you don't. If it was the other way around, I think Derby fans would be fuming about seeing a goal like that. Yeah, because mm-hmm. it was it was a very strange goal. Yeah, let's uh, let's talk about Mate Vidra. He's, Joint top scorer in the in the championship with, with twenty goals. Uh, he's obviously Derby's leading scorer, but he hasn't started the last two games against Villa and Cardiff. Just first of all, what, why do you think that is? I think he had the uh, he had a shocker against uh, Middlesbrough, and it was obvious from very early in that game. We sat in the press box very early on and. If you're going to play against Derby, and this is the thing we were talking about Grealish earlier and, and Neves and Madison, all these types of, of good players, it's quite clear that Matteo Vidra is a key player for Derby. So if you're if you're the opposition, you're going to earmark him and make sure he can't have the effect on the game that could damage you. And you know, twenty goals, twenty odd goals now. That is quite clear that he he can damage opponents. So you know, early on, he. he, he he had a couple of heavy challenges, not not massively heavy, but but heavy challenges, and and he took his time getting up from them. And it, as Gary Rout has pointed out, it see, that seems to knock his confidence, you know, and he, and his mindset, and he doesn't seem to be able to shake himself out of that mindset uh, after that happens. And 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 really good players can, really good players can do that. They can they can get up and they can go again. And it kind of knocked him. And against Middlesbrough, he got took off after about an hour. It wasn't a great day for him, and uh, I just felt that, that Gary Wright felt that he had to do something a, a bit different. Uh, the dilemma he has now is that 
you've suddenly got your top scorer, your go-to man for goals on the bench. Mm. Uh, and what will be interesting is after Sunday, and the way I see it with Gary, I think he'll probably start the same side again on Sunday against Barnsley, mm. but suddenly you're in the playoffs mm. and you've got your top scorer on the bench. Mm. That then becomes a, a slightly different issue for him. Uh, I'd like to see Vidra back in the team. Well, but, I was going to say, but, for but, you, does he but, come back in? I would always have my top scorer in the team. Mm. But I understand why he's not. And I also understand to get him in the shape they've got now, you're going to have to change or move either Vyman mm-hmm. or Lawrence. Now, someone said to me again that Vyman at left wing back, He's dropped there in a couple of well, games. Well, I, I, I was going to say, I think yeah. he, I think he deserves credit for that because in the Cardiff game when they were chasing it, um, I think he took Olsen off, didn't yeah. he? And Vyman dropped in there, yeah. and I thought he did a really yeah, good job well. actually. But it's a big, it would be a big call to put him there from the start in a massive game when you only need a, a draw. Yeah. Um, so he's got, he's got his merits of, for what he can do. Um, but the, yeah, the, as Steve says, the dilemma is where do, you, where do you get Vidrin because. As we know, he's not he's not number nine. Jerome's done well the last two games. You yeah. would you would imagine he would start again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you've got that you've got the the Vyman Lawrence thing, haven't you? And do you put do you put Vidra in there? I mean, obviously he came off the bench against Cardiff and scored yeah. a good goal. He came on again at Villa. Um, so whether whether he sees him as you know having that kind of weapon, Gary, on Gary the bench. likes Gary certainly likes Vyman. He likes his, yes. his work rate potentially. Mm. You know, if, if if you're looking at Tom, Tom Lawrence and Vidra and then Vyman, there's a difference there. Mm. Vyman is, is constant, you know, he's working and working and working. Mm. You know, like, he doesn't, oh, he doesn't always mm. produce the right moment or the end product or the mm. right decision, but he's a constant throughout, mm. and I think that's why Gary likes him. The other two, Vidra and Lawrence, could kind of have their moments, then not have their moments. And uh, I think Tom on, on Saturday at Villa, Tom Lawrence... I thought he started well. He looked a threat on the counter, but he faded. Mm-hmm. He faded, and in, in second half, you know, he, he wasn't as involved as Vyman still was. Mm-hmm. So you can see the dilemma he has. And mm-hmm. but I say, your top scorer on the bench and your top scorer by some distance. By the way, yeah. you know, you know mm-hmm. it, it is a dilemma. It's it, it's something that I'm sure Gary Wright will be thinking about. Yeah, he won the golden boot as well, Vidra. Yeah, he will. Yeah, because well, yeah. Graben, Graben's goal yeah, against yeah. Derby took him level on yeah, on yeah. twenty goals. I know it's I know it's a kind of minor point in the grand scheme of things, but well, he can't win it if he's mm. not playing. Not if he's and, not and, on the bench, and let's be honest. A few months ago, to think that Vidra would be on the bench would have been unthinkable. Wouldn't mm. it? Well, yeah, quite. But yeah. even if he does come back into this new system, if you like. Mm. He's made no secret about the fact that his favourite position is is the number ten role behind I, that I thought I thought one of the things about the Middlesbrough game I thought was, I, Gary Wright disagreed with me. I think he didn't say as much in words, but I could kind of get in the tone of his answer. I thought uh, when I asked him, uh, he, I thought Vidra suffered in the system change, mm-hmm. yeah, because he suddenly wasn't. The number ten yeah. in that number ten area. He's suddenly, one of two. There was, yeah. other, there was another yeah. player, and I'm not sure him, yeah. he quite yeah. got that yeah. Vidra, and I think his performance suffered because of that. Mm. So yeah, you're right. He he's made it quite clear that he likes to be the number ten. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and again, this this where Casey Palmer comes in again, doesn't it? So he can't possibly get in. Mm. He couldn't get in when they had a number ten in Vidra. Yeah. 
and he can't possibly get in in, in, in the current setup mm. in those two roles where he's got mm. Lawrence and Vyman mm. at the moment or Vidra so suddenly he's been knocked back so Palmer and Vidra at wing backs well, that's right. day, yeah. unless he puts him in at wing back <laughs> unless he puts him in at wing back uh, what, what do you make of um, the whole Casey Palmer situation because I mean there's there's been a lot of fans every time the team news is announced fans sort of say why isn't Palmer starting especially that Vidra hasn't been starting as well because yeah. they see him as a, a like for like replacement and I mean, he hasn't really played an enormous amount of games since arriving in January, and we're only technically one game away from the finish. So yeah. I think we have to be careful with, with players like Casey Palmer. Uh, he's a young player. He's very much a player who catches the eye mm. because of the way he, he looked, the way he kind of moves, so the kind of sudden spark of energy when he gets on the ball. But you've also got to balance that with what he produces from all that. And, and and he hasn't at times produced enough from from the promise that he shows, and I think I think there's an element. Sometimes when you put a team out, you have to trust players in certain positions to, to carry out. And I think I think it's difficult for Gary Rowett at the moment to kind of trust him completely, you know, because Gary still likes his teams to to be well drilled. That's all been part of Gary's philosophy all along: well drilled, know their positions, difficult. Uh, to play against when they haven't got the ball and, and I'm not sure what, how Casey kind of fits into that at the moment if you've also got Lawrence if you've also got Vidra and Vyman to a lesser extent I, I think it's really difficult for, for him to get in and it, it, you know, he'll be disappointed the other thing with, with Casey Palmer is I'm not sure how fit he is because he hadn't played much football before he yeah. came he has had niggling bits and pieces of injuries along the way so you know, is he fully fit? Because we every time we go to a pre-match press conference, we, we, not every time, but at times we're told, oh, he hasn't trained fully this week, or he's mm. he's got a slight, he's a slight doubt, but he should be okay. But that's not helping him. Mm. You know, to suddenly throw him in to to, to a high tempo game, certainly at this stage th- of the season. I think the first point you made is the interesting one about um, about the way he plays, and I think he's a bit of a wild card, yeah. isn't he? Really, and and which is which is good to have in a squad, certainly. But I think. When, when there's so much at stake, um, and then you know one mistake could kind of, uh, you know, could almost yeah, could almost end the season or whatever. And I think trap back into the position should be. I think at the moment to have him on the bench as that option to bring on if you need something, if you if you're chasing the game, if you need a goal, you need something out of the ordinary. I think that's probably how Gareth sees his role at the moment. Yeah, just looking ahead then to Barnsley final game of the regular season should we say and a point will do it because of the goal difference but Barnsley are, are fighting for their life at the bottom and, and need all three points to guarantee survival so and there's, there's an awful lot to play for well, yeah yeah, it's interesting because obviously if Derby had not conceded that late goal at Villa they'd be you know safely inside mm. the top six and of course, um, you know, I know Burton Albion would would desperately hoping that Barnsley would would lose uh, on Saturday. Of course, yeah. as often happens at this time of the season, you see some interesting results pop up, and Barnsley managed to um, managed to beat Brentford, ending their uh, playoff hopes yeah. um, <laughs> with a two 0 win. And so they've given themselves a chance going into into the final game, and um, it's just going to you know it's going to make it. I think. A, Tough afternoon, and I think Derby well aware that, mm-hmm. that it's not you know it's not likely to be straightforward. 
but they'll Derby will be hoping that they're you know they've got the quality to kind of come through on on top at the end or whether it be a you know or whether it be a draw um, from their point of view. Um, but certainly, yeah. But I mean, it's not, you know, I'd imagine they'll bring a, they'll bring plenty of fans down. It's not very far away. I think they've asked for for more yeah, tickets as well. Um, so they'll be getting behind their team. Um, and I just think it, you know, it it's uh, at the risk of uh, wheeling out a cliche. It is it is just we are down to the last game mm. now. I think we can say it's uh, no, we can't say it's a cup final because the draw would be good enough for Derby. Yes. But yeah. but it, I think there is there is that element of it is a bit of a kind of. You know there will be a cup final, certainly yeah. from Barnsley's point of view, all or nothing. Yeah. yeah. Steve, as you rightly pointed out earlier, we've we've been in this situation more than one time before, mm. Mm. and obviously the 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 one that springs to mind is that home game against Reading, where Derby just sort of collapsed and lost three 0 and yeah, lost a place in the place. It, it was a it was a a very very low point in what had been a very poor end of the season that season. Steve McLaren we had some crazy games uh, in the build up to it Huddersfield I keep mentioning that I keep having nightmares about that uh, and the one at Millwall as well but it was still there for them after all that it was still there for them they're actually unbeaten in six going into that I, I had a quick sneak look last night because it sounds like they're in Research. really bad form they were they were they were sort of pulling it out of the bag yeah. and getting a draw yeah, from yeah. the sort of jaws of defeat what happened was, you know, it was it was a bit of a surprise, uh, but it just shows you what you know. If something goes against you in a game, suddenly the nerves kick in, and and they just crumble in the end. And you know, I just I just think the way Derby are at the moment, the last two results and the last two performances, and I just feel they'll have uh, the know-how and 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 the the, the shape. To, to handle this occasion, it'll be one of them where we'll be looking and say, "Oh, Preston are winning, Preston are drawing, Preston are losing." Or Derby are winning. Yes, you've got to, and, it, and, it, and it's not easy. And Gary Wright will be kept in touch with what's happening elsewhere. Yeah. So it's one of those. It'll be one of those afternoons where there'll be a lot of tension around because that's obvious. But again, like a lot of Championship matches, if you can score first, mm. it makes a huge difference. It really does, and, and that fact, gives that would give them a massive task then, oh, and they'd have to they'd have to come, come out. out and, and, and the way the Derby game. were talking about counter attacking, mm-hmm. the way Derby played that could play into their hands. So, yeah, keep, keep your nerve, do the right things, get and, the first goal, get the first goal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So you go. and uh, as, as Scott Carson brilliantly tweeted out this week, tweet of the weekend, absolutely tweet of the season. Season's not over yet. Are you ruling out some of my tweets in that? Every single one of them. Right, okay. (laughs) Actually, no, your your one after the Cardiff game was was a personal favourite. Oh, was it? Come come back to me when you've got time. (laughs) I did like that one. Uh, Anyway, back to Scott Carson's tweet was that at the start of the season, if you would have offered a Derby County fan sixth place, they absolutely would have taken it. Yes. But in December, if you'd have offered them sixth place, They'd have said, "Well, no, we want automatic promotion." So it's about balancing, balancing. Yeah, uh, Scott. Scott was absolutely spot on. He should be doing my job, really. Shouldn't <laughs> Next time I see him, I'll have a word with him. <laughs> but no, he was right because at the start of the season, uh, they had uh, thirteen points from ten games. Very sluggish start. Some really bad results at Bristol City and Sheffield United. So at that stage, you'd say, 
sixth mm. place would, would do us nicely. Mm. They then went on this fantastic run, brilliant by by the players, great results, top you know top marks to the manager. Uh, final game of, of 2017, they won at Ipswich uh, and were second. So at that stage, you'd think if someone offered you six, you'd say, "Oh no, thank you, I'd, I'd rather stay where we are." They then, of course, uh, had this uh, dip, not a wobble dip, uh, uh, and of course they then slide out of the uh, of the top six. So at that stage, you're thinking, we'll take "Just six. we'll take top yeah. six." Mm. And now that's back in their hands. So mm. he's absolutely spot on. That's the way it's been. That's why we keep using the term roller coaster because that's exactly what what, yeah. what the season is. Uh, and yet they're exactly you know they've got exactly what they want. It's in their hands to finish in the playoffs. Mm. Just on the automatic promotion picture, obviously, well done to Wolves for. Sort of storm oh, they've been the best team as, by a mile. Yeah, yeah, as they have, and and the the points and. Tally show that yes, so yeah. you know the, the league table after 45 games doesn't lie. But honest opinion, Cardiff or Fulham, who, who will do it? Obviously, Cardiff in pole position, one game to go. Yeah, it's been really interesting, hasn't it? Because Fulham, of course, played the, the, the night before Cardiff played the weekend, they got a, a good win, and suddenly you think, Oh, well, that's put the pressure on Cardiff. Mm. To be fair to Cardiff, they replied. So that was a massive win, massive for them, win. because as you say, playing the night before. Although it's in their hands because they've got the game in hand. Which I think just a, a mini rant that shouldn't happen at this stage of the season. But that it will, but it will do. But it will it, do. It will do. But it should not. Be, it should not be allowed to happen well, at this stage of the season. Like with the final group of World Cup games, I know it's yeah. a different example, but they all play at the same time. Yeah, well, the final game, the final games are obviously oh, well, all at yeah, the same yeah. time. Well, I think. So I think that. Puts, I think he put, it, it, it did put well, extra pressure yeah, on extra Cardiff. Pressure. And sure. I think that's unfair at this stage of the season. I think, you know, you get to a certain stage of the season and you should play at the at same, same time. time. I've had, we've had this with Derby years ago, and I can't remember the example, but it's something to do with Walsall, believe it or not. Some fans might be able to remind me. Something to do with Walsall at the game or something. I, I can't remember exactly what it was. It was uh, and... Uh, I just think it's unfair. And there's enough pressure on teams anyway, without, as Chris says, placing extra pressure on. And that must have placed extra pressure on Cardiff, but they dealt with it. Great response. Though, yeah. Great response. Yeah. And now they've got Reading, Reading at home. Mm. And I had a quick look this morning. I think it's going to be a 30 odd thousand sellout. Mm. Mm. Be a great atmosphere uh, at Cardiff. Uh, Reading fell apart at the weekend, mm. losing 4 0 at home. So, and they're not out of the trouble yet. So it's a huge game, and I think Fulham go to Birmingham. Yes, yeah, I think they do. Now, at the moment, you'd have to say that it's in Cardiff. You know, I think I, I agree. I think because they, you know, they're they're occupying the second spot as it stands. Yeah. They're at home. Yeah. Fulham are away. I think you know Fulham deserve massive credit because they haven't. You know, I what's know. the unbeaten run? They haven't lost since. Anything. 24. In fact, their last defeat was against Sunderland, bizarrely. Oh, yes. um, and of yeah, course, they right. played Sunderland on Friday and yeah. went behind against them, but then came back to win. But I mean, they from their position, they couldn't have done any more. No. And you know, they, if they do end up going to the playoffs, they'll you know they'll, they'll obviously fancy mm. their chances. But I think it's in you know it's Cardiff's to lose yeah, at this point. Should. If you if you could go for a home, you know, a, a home against a team that's. 
seems to be really struggling yeah. at the moment. You've got, I think, you'd have to take that. Yeah. It's just what well, what's interesting. Be. We talk about fine lines. You know, how important, how crucial could that ninety seventh minute equalise was it Brentford against Fulham yeah. recently? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, two, that took two points off Fulham at Craven Cottage. And yeah. how many have Fulham behind Cardiff? Uh, one, one. Yeah. I mean, that's that's yeah. fine. Yeah. But fine I wonder lines. whether I, I wonder whether Fulham would fold after that. But that's, to be fair to yeah, them, to they've come back and they've Ravens still they've kept winning win. their games. Yeah, and I'd say the run they've been on is is magnificent. It's incredible. Yeah, and and in many ways that deserves second place, doesn't yes. it? Yes. Yeah. But, it just but over the course of the season, yeah, now, now Cardiff have not have well, not really fallen. Well, Cardiff, since they lost those four games on the spin when we thought they'd, they'd Christmas, fall away, yeah. they, they didn't. And, and even the result here at Derby, that must have knocked them. That could mm. easily have knocked them mm. completely, but it hasn't. And done. then to see Fulham win before, they yeah. Played as it, well. So yeah. they've they've handled it really, really. So mm. you know, to be fair, either of those two would deserve uh, second mm. place. And I think the table rarely lies anyway. Mm. Wolves have been the best side. And then the next best is either Cardiff or Fulham, mm-hmm. and that that's the way it's been, yeah. and, and and that's where the t- that's what the table will show us at the end. And finally, just a, a quick look then at, at the playoffs. Let's say that you know obviously everybody has got one more game to go, but let's say that it finishes as as it stands now, which is quite likely. You'd, yeah, you'd yeah, say. Yeah. What are your overall thoughts and feelings on the four teams in the playoffs, and who you? Personally, think would would get promoted. Well, as Chris said before, at this stage, you're always going to play a good side. Absolutely. And, and if if the if the four in the playoffs are the four in the playoffs spots now, Fulham, Villa, uh, Middlesbrough, and Derby, you know, before you know before the season started, they wouldn't be far off mm. uh, what people would think could be in the top mm-hmm. six. So, mm. good sides. Feel a little bit for Preston. You know, they could still get in there. They've had a really good season. He's done a great job, uh, along with uh, Neil Harris at Millwall. Absolutely. You know, uh, Neil Warnock uh, should get Manager of the Year because of what he's done. Uh, but Alex Neil and, 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 and Neil Harris have done tremendous. So, uh, so you're always going to be Neils. Yeah, Neils. yeah. yeah. Neils. You, you, you're going to have you're going to face a good side, uh, and I've been giving this a lot of thought actually. And I'll be honest with you. We would be foolish to predict what would happen in the playoffs, and the only reason I say that is because I think now I've covered six Derby in the playoffs six times or more, and I've seen. I feel I've seen. Or it feels like I've seen just about everything. Mm-hmm. I saw him go two 0 up away at Blackburn Rovers at Ewood Park in in the first leg of one stone final and still lose. I saw them. Have the playoff semi final against Millwall, which was everything happened you can imagine. Uh, saw them play very well against Leicester City at Wembley in the playoff final and lose. Uh, we saw them lose two key players against Preston in the semi final in 2005, Ediakes and Rashad for the first leg, which was crucial. Uh, second leg, 0 0, saw uh, Derby miss a penalty, mm-hmm. which could have turned it back round. We've seen Derby get through to the playoff final and win promotion in two thousand in, in, in uh, two thousand and seven, uh, when really Southampton and West Brom were better than them. Uh, certainly in the final, West Brom were better than Derby won it. We saw them lose to QPR in the final when Derby were clearly better and lost. We saw them get Hull at home in the semi-final first leg and lose three nil, and then go up there and win two nil and and had 
the whole players, manager Steve Bruce and, and the whole fans pleading, pleading for the final whistle at the end. So I am not, I, I, having thought about all that, I've, I've, I've decided that I'm not going to predict anything because I, I, it feels like... I've seen most things. Shall I give a more concise answer? <laughs> if Steve's going to sit on the fence, I'll just say Derby. <laughs> you know, like, but I, I, no, I think the point is, I think the point is that it, you, you shouldn't bet against Derby no. if they got no, in there, absolutely. if they snuck in sixth place, because yes, they're going to come up against a good team in maybe mm. Fulham and then maybe play Villa or Borough in the final. Um, but that is going to that's going to happen, and I just think that. That sort of they've got the play they've got the players in the squad to pull out and and again I know semi-finals over two legs which makes it tougher to get through than than a, just a general cup tie but I think over two you know over the course of two games they've got the players yeah. to do that against any of those teams mm-hmm. likewise middles uh, you know Fulham Villa and Middlesbrough will, would be saying exactly the same thing um, but I think if Derby just uh, if they can beat Barnsley or even draw against Barnsley and get in there they'll be going in on a little three match unbeaten run and that's not that's not much but but a lot has sort of happened in that time yeah. and that could just give them a bit of momentum whereas maybe you know if Fulham just get pipped mm-hmm. they'll be thinking god what more could we have done and they might just have a dip little a dip little thinking bit. with with that kind of oh, what 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 might have been you, you I just think don't what's, know do you? what's interesting is that none of the four will fear each other no. And they shouldn't either, and that includes Derby. They shouldn't fear Fulham, as we highlighted earlier, Villa. Uh, I mean, Derby have, have uh, taken a point off Fulham, fair enough. Uh, they've taken four points off Villa, uh, and they've taken four uh, and they've taken three points off Middlesbrough. So there's no reason to, to fear any any of those sides. They're all good sides, and and Derby are capable. If if they're the four teams, let's not rule out Preston just yet, but. If they are the four teams, Derby are capable of coming out on top, just as Fulham and, and, and Borough and Villa will be, and that's why, that's why the the playoffs are there. That's why they're, 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 apparently they're so excited. Uh, they are for the neutral. They are. I think. I think they must. Be, it must be difficult for coaches and managers to enjoy them mm-hmm. until the final whistle blows, and, and you're either in the final or mm-hmm. or promoted. Mm-hmm. So, lovely stuff. Chaps, anything that we wanted to add? Anything that I've missed? I don't think so. I think we've uh, I think we've covered everything. Yeah. I'm just uh... no, no. It's <laughs> uh, it's uh, like I said it's uh, it's this stage of the season where it always feels like it's been a long season, and uh, but the the real excitement is just is, beginning. Is, is yet maybe, to come. Is maybe <laughs> just around the corner. Absolutely. Right, lovely stuff, Steve. Chris, thanks as ever for your company and your time. Thanks to all the listeners as well. In the meantime, you can follow everything that we do on social media. At, we're on Twitter at DerbyTelDCFC. Uh, Facebook, which is facebook.com forward slash DerbyTelDCFC. And you can keep up to date with all the latest rounds, news and views on our website, www.derbytelegraph.co.uk. Uh, and also on the app, which is on both Android and Apple devices. And the podcast is on both Acast and iTunes. Just search for It's Black and White. Thanks for listening and we'll see you soon.